Welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the podcast Dive into Reiki. Today, I'm very excited to have Liad Horwitz from Israel here. Thank you, Liad. Welcome. And for those of you who don't know Liad, he became a Reiki master in 2001. He received a master's degree in East Asian studies from the Tel Aviv University in Israel. His master thesis concentrates on the esoteric rules of Reiki. During his study, he compared and analyzed Reiki initiations from around the world to reveal a pattern apparent in all initiations. And you may have heard initiation as attunement or Reju according to your lineage. As a doctoral student writing his dissertation, he lives in Israel with his wife and two children, and he's actually in the process of moving, and he kindly gave us some time today, and he's also very active in the Israeli Reiki Association. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today. Thank you, Natalie. It's an absolute pleasure, uh, and I'm excited and thankful to be here with you. Thank you. Perfect. So I'm going to start, and people who are familiar with the podcast know, I always ask, what was your first contact with Reiki? My first contact with Reiki um, actually happened before I actually um, learned Reiki. Uh, I was in high school, and um, the girl I was dating at the time uh, studied Reiki with her stepfather, who was a Reiki master, and there was this one day where I had a very big stomach ache. And uh, she said, well, I just learned this uh, wonderful thing. Here, let me put my hands on your tummy and everything will be magically uh, healed. Um, and I remember that it, fe it felt really good. I, I, I loved the way it felt. Um, I didn't feel like there was magic here and I was just magically healed from 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 everything but it felt it felt right it felt really nice and after that um I wanted to do it myself so that was the first time I I kind of had a, a taste of Reiki but then when I when I went to the I went to class with with her stepfather and from there, it was immediately a click, huge click. How beautiful. And, and how amazing that you got to know Reiki so young, right? Like learning all those tools that most of us discover like later in life. Like, oh, my God, this yeah. is very beautiful. I, um, I'm very lucky because more there's the bigger part of my life is with Reiki than without Reiki. So I consider myself very lucky. I... I started immediately. I, you know, I, I remember till today my, I, I remember the apartment where the, the Reiki one uh, uh, class was. I remember how everything was set up. I remember my first initiation till today, um, over 20 years. And it, it was in the car on the way back home that I already knew that I want to. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to teach this. I want to, you know, I want to take the entire course, as they say, the entire path. I love that. And you became a Reiki master quite young. If I might make, get the day wrong because I'm dyslexic sometimes, but I believe at 19 years old. 
18. 18. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So at 18 year, years old, actually, um, I finished high school with Reiki. I went to, in Israel, you have a three-year um, army service period. I went to, I went to the army with Reiki. Afterwards, I went to university with Reiki. And Reiki has been a major part of my life ever since. Um, looking back at over 20 years, I can honestly say that Reiki has become, well, it's it, it's gotten mixed into the foundations of who I am. And it's my compass for a lot of things. And I love what you said, like you went to military school and Reiki was with you. Like often we sing, we need to leave everything we do and become a Reiki practitioner. And in our heads, probably military training, even though it was linked from the initial, like beginning of Reiki with people who were in the naval and all of that. But it's probably nowadays in 2022, like you think military and Reiki don't go together. But if you think of it, like they do, like compassion, like it can go anywhere, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the wonderful things about Reiki is that it doesn't compel you to first take a huge bag of beliefs and do's and don'ts um, for your personal life. And while I think one of the greatest points about Reiki really is that um, you well, basically a lot of spiritual practices are based on monastic traditions. So they were usually the, the, the things that monks or clerics or people who were either elite or had enough money to spend their life not earning money or, or make, making food, but being in a monastery, um, there were the people who were able to learn and practice these practices that today are, are, you know, a lot of people practice. Reiki was created by, was created by working people for working people, by everyday kind of people like you and me for everyday kind of people. So you can take it anywhere. That includes, um, that includes the army. But I no, I think it's great. I, like I always have like politics and armies should have Reiki and now they're teaching them meditation, right? Like it's everywhere it should be. And I think you said something beautiful, like it was created by working people for working people, you know, like for people like us, like to people like us. And I think that is a beautiful, I could not rephrase that better. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, and I know, so you were very active um, getting a community of Reiki practitioners in Israel and some organizations. So I wanted uh, first of all, because I've never been to Israel, my sister and my mom have, and they loved it. Uh, but I'm always curious, how is the Reiki community in a different country, right? Yeah, so um, actually Reiki in different countries and geographies and how um, this tradition or traditions uh, change and, and acclimate to different geographies and, and local cultures is one of the main points in the doctoral thesis that I'm working on at the moment, and Israel will figure prominently in this work. Uh, Israel is a very interesting place of Reiki um, for many reasons. Um, wh where should we start? <laughs> it's a, it's a big I think topic. your own experience a little bit, like what when you were young, again, as a Reiki master, 18, like how was the experience and how has it evolved? Uh, because... When we think about 20 years ago, there were not that many Reiki practitioners in the world, but according to what you were mentioned, it was kind of thriving in Israel. 
And yeah. in the last 20 years, the information we have available has changed tremendously. They are like, I don't know, three, four, five times more lineages than they were. Um, but also this information, ironically, has also grown exponentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Israel is very interesting. Um, I would say that just an overview of the of the Reiki scene in Israel. So uh, Israel is a small country, uh, less than 10 million uh, uh, in population. Uh, about a fifth or fourth of it is Arab, whether Arab Muslim or Arab Christian, which with less than less than one percent of of Reiki masters or teachers in Israel would be from that community. It's almost non-existent there. There is another section which is ultra-Orthodox or very Orthodox Jews, which also don't practice. So mainly we're talking about um, Reiki in Israel is among the Jewish, uh, adult Jewish population, um, which is mainly, let's say, Western, in, in liberal in mind and thought. Um, it has become, it's, Reiki has come to Israel almost strictly from the post-Takata American uh, style. Um, it has remained so till today. Um, the, the heyday of Reiki was in the late 90s and beginning of the 2000s. Um, the, um, when, when other when, when it was booming in other places in the world as well, um, the story that you would hear in most places would be the, um, the, the 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 master story told by Takata um, that most most people heard. That's the main narrative. It remains till today, 42, 42 years after she has passed away, uh, still. Um, the number of lineages in Israel, um, or you know, um, has not grown so much. It, the 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 Japanese Reiki boom, or this opening to uh, pre-Takata lineages coming from Japan, uh, has kind of skipped uh, the local scene mostly. Um, and there are some, and some of the of the Reiki practices and ways of thinking did get some local flavors as well, mainly based on Jewish thought and and uh, take bringing it together along the lines again of what Akata did, connecting it with Christianity, with, um, you know, with with yeah, with monotheistic uh, uh, thinking and Christi Christianity. Um, along these lines, it got a, a a local flavor and some things that we do different because it's based on Jewish thinking. But that's that that was the scene when I started when I connected to it in in the early two thousands. There were it was the it was Reiki was everywhere. Uh, even today, the word is very well known. Um, a in most non-practitioners have heard about it, and it kind of equals new age or or um, energetic uh, um, or holistic healing. It's kind of uh, a one and the same. That kind of stuff. That thing that hippies do. Those people who meditate <laughs> and do yoga. Yeah, Reiki. I've heard of it. That's that. That's that's where Reiki is in people's minds. You could find 
some Reiki treatments, uh, perhaps in some hospices or in some uh, um, um, some of the uh, uh, medical care, uh, um, let's say medical uh, um, like hospitals, uh, cancer company could be giving some some holistic treatments sometimes with Reiki. Um, yeah, it's part of the holistic new age. Uh, um, new spiritual movement uh, seen in Israel, which is on the growth, like in many countries in the West. When I met Reiki uh, in the early 2000s, there were actually already, there were two organizations. Reiki had gotten so big and popular in Israel that following a visit by Phyllis Furumoto and some Reiki masters uh, in in Israel, studying with names like William Rand and so, and some um, European names, decided that Israel needed an association, and the Israeli Reiki Unity was born in response to the traditional Israeli un Unity, the non-traditional uh, um, Israeli Reiki Association was born, kind of to be the home for all the people who didn't fit into that. Uh, uh, mode of thought came came into being. These over the years with so Reiki reached its combination somewhere in the two thousands, and then slowly petered out. And eventually, a few years ago, both these organizations and let's say the central hubs have uh, disappeared. Wow! Which, yeah, which left a gap. And I came back from Japan after writing my thesis in 2015 and decided that a new home for Reiki practitioners uh, should be built. So I established the Israeli Reiki master community, thinking that the Reiki masters are the beacons, usually the lineage bearers or so who take Reiki forward. I started the Israeli Reiki Master community, um, now counting over 300 Reiki Masters, and these are just wow. Israeli Reiki Masters, um, which have, according to statistics that we're gathering, have supposedly taught over 50,000 uh, uh, students, Reiki, Reiki people in Israel. Yeah, and you're talking about countries you said of less than 10 million people. So that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're definitely getting to the one or two percent that is estimated, for example, in the US, according to some. Yeah. Um that is amazing. And also because uh for the people, so we're gonna go over your background. Like again, you actually felt the need to research the rules of Reiki, which is not what was happening in, in the scene in most countries either, right? So tell us a little bit, like, how did you decide, like, okay, what I got taught is not enough for me. There is something I want to find out more. How did that happen? And, and a little bit of how that research started to happen. I remember exactly where it started. It was, that was, that was, a, those were magical moments, actually, within the Reiki unity. Um, so th there was this move to get Reiki legislated in Israel and creating some sort of under the 
um, overall association of integrative medicine and trying to get it to become a very serious thing by the authorities and by the insurance companies and to make Reiki something that was supervised. The Israeli Reiki Unity initiated Reiki master meetings to see where the core is, where we understood that the different teachers teach differently and some, you know, and, and, and not all the contents were the same, but they wanted to understand where do we all meet together? Where, where, what is the core of Reiki? What, what does the Reiki master need to be, to have in his arsenal, in his uh, curriculum to get the stamp of approval, for example, or for a, for a person who is to be registered as a Reiki practitioner, professional, you know, uh, healer, professional uh, healer, practitioner of Reiki needs to have. Do they need to study uh, physiology and anatomy? Do they need to study uh, uh, certain symbols? Yes, no. What is the curriculum? So there were meetings of sometimes even 30 Reiki masters meeting together to discuss what is the core. That's the core of Reiki 1 and Reiki 2, etc. And I, I was in those meetings because by the time I was already part of the, um, the committee of the, of the Reiki Unity, and no one could agree on almost anything. And that's I was happens. taught by my teacher that, that I, and I, I studied with several teachers, but my first one was very clear that he taught me exactly the way his, his teacher taught him, going all the way back again, 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 till the founder. This is exactly the way the founder taught. This is exactly the system to the point. And here I am sitting with 30 Reiki masters and everyone's got a different story. So obviously there's, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and, and there, there, there's a lot of missing pieces. So, and at that point I was just before going into university. So I decided that um, this became a major part, as I said, Reiki has been a compass. So this was one of the main reasons why going to university, I decided to um, major in uh, Asian studies and especially Japan, study Japanese, uh, Japanese religions and spirituality and really make studying Reiki in its place of origin my profession, my academic profession. It's amazing because you even went and practiced with Ogakai, that original organization uh, founded by Mikao Sui. And I know like they have like an NDA in, in it's like non-disclosure or whatever, like you cannot really talk about it. But how was that experience of going to Japan, learning Japanese, practicing Ogakai, and how did it change your mind? Or kept it the same? Still, you know, no, like, I can say, I can say. Um, I, sometimes I still can't believe it, you know. Um, uh, the luck that I had. Um, my time in Japan changed my practice and the way that I view Reiki in in many ways. It is it, it, it and it changed it from all the sorts of different angles. 
not just the, you know, going on, you know, visiting Usui Sensei's uh, grave and paying respects and going on Mount Kurama several times and receiving Reiju and initiations on Mount Kurama and spending time with the Gakkai, with the presidents and with the ma- and Shinpiden and masters there and interviewing them and, and asking them every single question and getting initiated there and participating and not just that. This, this was one. This Obviously, you get a different perspective on Reiki. And that is some, something that I can recommend to everybody. Get different perspectives on Reiki. You've, you, you've studied and you've got one or two or three or how many pieces of a big puzzle, facets of a huge diamond uh, um, that, that you've gotten. Get more. The more pieces you have, the more you can go up and you see a beautiful, never-ending picture. And, you know, with the, di- the best thing about a diamond, it's, it's the different facets of it that yeah. give it the fire, the, the, the sparkle. And it's not just, the, again, this practicing and, and coming in contact with many different, with, with very different ways of thinking about Reiki. Because again, I, ca- I started with Western uh, um, uh, traditions and post-Akatan traditions, and then going the other way and learning some Japanese traditions really changed and my mind and broadened my view. But besides that, also the, the academic world really also opened my mind to, to looking at, at to actually collecting these different worldviews, respecting them. It's, it's the fact that you can look at these other ways of perceiving and receiving Reiki with respect, with understanding. This is, you know, this is my brother and my sister. N- nothing makes me better. <laughs> nothing makes m- my answers better than theirs um, is 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 liberating <laughs> and i think you said something incredibly important right like if we still stuck my reiki is the right reiki then we don't get that multifaceted diamond we just get a very plain like plain 2d practice that has no depth so mm-hmm. i think like not only like by letting go of the need to be right we actually get that richness of the practice and we may not have to adopt everything like i i see a lot of rituals that i respect them but I have a very like Germanic, lineal, simple way of practicing and everything that fits into there, that fits with me. And some rituals are more elaborated. I cannot remember them. They stress me out. But for some people, they love the rituals. So I think also understanding we're all very different. I think it's a beautiful way, that diamond, the multifaceted way. And, and it sparkle. And you mentioned that I, I you know, the, the main part of my work being in Japan and writing my thesis, besides the whole experience and of course immersing myself locally and in language and hopping between temples all over Japan and and of course practicing the gakai was um collecting the and and analyzing and comparing the initiation protocols and, and that I'm just going to clarify for people uh because some people call it initiation other people call it attunement in the US 
And then some, let's you know, just call it Rachel. So I just want, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure so everybody understands it. And yes, please, because there is a lot of confusion about attunement. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry about interrupting. So, yeah. So, so yes, one, you could say that initiation equals attunement equals Rachel. It's, it's, it's a way of saying it. Yes, Reju and initiations in, slash attunements in the West uh, can sometimes, or even different initiations or Western yeah. initiations and attunements can vary in, in protocol deeply. Um, there, there's still the same base. Um, and um, when comparing them, and that's and that's the great thing. That was the that was the main liberating thing. When when I started to put everything on the table and see them one by one and start analyzing, and a pattern started to emerge. And I I always compare it to like if if some alien from outside of Earth comes to uh, to Earth and sees you and me, for example. Um, if it was not a very sophisticated one, I don't know how they got here, but but not very sophisticated, might think that we are very different things, right? Look, I have glasses. This specimen does not. Well, well we both have long hair. Um, <laughs> I have this color, that color. Nose is totally different. So the you know, I I have this on my shirt. You clearly do not. Um, so. Very different things, you know, not even going into male and female and everything, very different beings or even things. But, you know, his friends, the sophisticated aliens would come to him and say, look, maybe they wear different clothes or the color of their skin is different or they have glasses or their hair is done differently or maybe no hair. But it's the same kind of animal. It's the same. It's basically... Because, you know, look, one nose, both of these, two eyes, one mouth, two ears, hear, you know, listen at least twice as much, ten fingers usually. The anatomy is the same, okay? Something in the way that this thing is built from the inside is, is repeats itself even when the outside is different. The clothing, the... Skin the, color, hairstyle, yeah. The, the ribbons. Yes. The same is for the Reiki initiation slash attunement slash range. Within every specimen, within all of these rituals, or the, let's call it, it's a type of ritual, yeah. Um, there, yeah, there are, there is an anatomy. There is the same spine or type of organs that keep repeating themselves, maybe in different colors or ribbons or, or, or manifestations, but they still exist, which means that all of the initiations, and by the way, it's not, a lot of people say, wow, this is mind-boggling. No, because all of the initiations or attunements or reju come from a single source. All of us eventually are a, you know, are leaves and flowers of a 
a tree with the same trunk, starting with a lineage started by a, a, a single person or person in his community, Usui Sensei, and the tradition that he started, and then the sub-traditions or myriad forms that came after. There is a base, and it started 100 years ago, not so long ago. So obviously there is still a core that connects us all and makes all of the initiations still have this core within, this anatomy, this pattern that keeps repeating and understanding this pattern. Once again, it liberates us from comparing and saying, this is better, this is not as good, this is, you know, and creating some false hierarchies instead of seeing that these are facets of a beautiful rainbow or a gem. And also it, it creates this respect and an understanding what makes Reiki happen. Okay, because the, the initiation is the gateway. It's what started, starts Reiki. Absolutely. So if I will ask you what are perhaps two or three things that are common to all initiations are the core, what will those be? One thing that is, okay, so out of respect, of course, to the initiation protocol yeah. itself and, and the different initiations and the culture of secrecy in Reiki, I will not go into what happens within yeah. the within the initiation, but I can say that, yes, there is a, a, a clear pattern. By the way, I will, I, it's funny that we're talking about it now. I will, I will teach this pattern uh, at, at actually in October, um, like in a, in a, in a webcast uh, for Reiki masters only for for some for an international website i don't know if, I'm, if i can say this or not maybe, maybe you can actually and you're gonna have yeah, to okay, send so, us the link so, so i can share I'm, it i'm part of i'm part of a series yeah. uh in a, in an international uh, place called reiki home where all the where, where the different scholars of reiki we have a uh, something called circle of scholars um i completely recommend it once a month we meet the reiki scholars um, the the people who wrote theses on theses on academic theses on Reiki, whether doctoral or or master uh, on Reiki, to discuss in front of open audience uh, a a specific topic. The last one last month, I I talked about symbols and symbolism in Reiki, um, and you know, and then we discuss it academically, and then with the audience we have a life a live discussion, and um, I'll give a special workshop uh, after after being asked to talk about the actual anatomy of initiation. This is something I'm willing to open up, obviously, with trained Reiki masters. Um, but I can say that this anatomy, that this pattern of several stages keeps repeating. So let's say, for example, that I'll give an example. Let's say that during um, the initiation, um, which which okay. Let's say that I would like to start by opening the by, by no. I, I, 
Okay, I will. Let's 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 be, let's be, um, by opening the um, by opening up. No, I'll go back. I'll go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this, perhaps this, you can talk about state of mind because for me. Okay, I can say, for example, that there is a that before the initiation, usually there is a step of preparation for the master and for the initiate. This does not concern the, the, the initiation protocol. It concerns pre- preparation. Um, preparations are usually for the Reiki masters and not for the initiates because most of the responsibility is placed on the Reiki master. Because if someone calls and says, hey, I want to learn Reiki, I heard that it's really easy. Um, and the Reiki master says, okay, for one year, take a purification bath every day uh, and come ready, he will have ze- probably close to zero attendees. Um, some Reiki masters do give some exercises before, but at least the Reiki master perfor- performs some sort of preparations on himself to help him be a better conduit for Reiki, or I would say in other words, become Reiki in in better and more effective uh, way towards the moment of the initiation. Okay, so this is something that repeats. Some Reiki masters would teach their student, their their master initiates not to eat meat a few days before the the initiation. Some would perform all sorts of um, meditations, special uh, um, purifying or um, energizing uh, meditations with symbols or not symbols. Um, this is something that repeats itself. This could be a good example of something that happens outside the initiation, but we see many we see it repeating almost in every tradition. Yeah, and I think I will add also like for me, and I haven't done the study you have, but at the end. A little bit from my child, you can have different movement to bring the mind body together and create the the space that you want. But at the end, what is also common is really that state of mind of dropping the ego and allowing that light to shine and have the student take whatever they need, right? So sometimes it may last 10 minutes, some people slap, some people blow, some people put the tongue on the whatever they want. But at the end, it's really like, it's the state of mind we perform this ritual that is also very common or should be common. Yeah, so let's say I want, again, thinking from a ritual master uh, um, uh, angle, from someone who is creating creating a ritual to make some effect based on on a story, on a narrative, on, on a capability that they want to pass on. So let's say that I want to plant... A, a certain capability, a certain something into a into a person by opening them up. Okay, so I could say, okay, stand behind the initiate and do a motion like this yeah. behind them. Uh, to another person would say, okay, stand behind them and imagine that a great light by the way i'm not saying things that are 
part of no 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 the same way i did like i yeah i wouldn't say imagine something going from above and entering another one would say take uh, take an egg put it on the head and go and let it drip it doesn't matter these are different actions but the rationale the ritual rationale behind them the meaning behind them is the same is exactly the same so this was the meaning that I was trying to capture. And the meaning remains between the initiations. And I love you say that because more and more I'm saying like people offering initiations that says we'll allow for more, they are more powerful than others, or we allow for a different power. And I think there is a lot of confusion. At the end, the meaning is the same. The ritual may differ, right? So that I think is something very important that we can rescue again without saying any secrets, right? And then I always love this story. I think someone told me about like um, there is a very advanced monk who has to initiate the other monk, and this other monk has been waiting forever. And then they're in the desert, and finally that little monk is ready. But obviously they're in the desert; they have nothing. They cannot do the whole every ritual, and the student has no offering. So the student pees, which is his only offering, the water in his body in the desert, which is actually meaningful. And then the higher monk has nothing, so he takes his shoes and he slaps the student on the head, and then the student is enlightened, right? The meaning were the same. Obviously, do not slap your Reiki student with a shoe, do not be in front of your teacher. But when we're ready, we are ready, right? And I think, obviously, we're all... If you have the link to the Circle of and people can join, because I know Reiki homes, sometimes I volunteer and support them, and I, I think they're going to do also drive to get a little bit of funds to be able to expand more. So I'm happy to share that link so people can get all the details. But I think the conclusion is, as you say, the meaning is the same, right? And, I and there, I do not. So the, the, the main, the main conclusion here is that the meaning and the status is the same. The, the different Reiki initiations are, are eventually an outcome of one one initiation that um, is reborn in different forms, but is still there in every form. There, I do not want to confuse. There can be a hierarchy, not a hierarchy. Some initiations can be more effective or meaningful, but not based on tradition or based on the protocol or, you know, my initiation is better than yours sort of things. No, it, they can be better or more meaningful because the person who does them is a person who is whose capacity is bigger because as a Reiki master and practitioner, they, they practice every day. So they are better at becoming Reiki, at, at manifesting and, and helping bring this for the initiate at that moment and vice versa as well for the initiate themselves being in this moment that is meaningful and you know some days you can let go of your mind and your thoughts and you asking oh what is going on right now and sometimes you're more in the zone during meditation or or practice or an initiation sometimes less these are the places where an initiation can really differ between the capacity of the Reiki master by their 
practice, by their everyday practice of Reiki and being a person who who is Reiki in their in their lives and for their students, that's one. And for the student to give this the space to enter into their mind, body, uh, uh, heart, life. This is where the difference is. And that is a super important explanation. And I want that to it because you said it beautifully and perfectly. So I'm not going to touch it. I really appreciate that you share uh, that with us. I have a last question and it's a very simple question. And mm-hmm. today you actually get to choose. You can either share a big oops, something that happened that again, like we call them lately teachable lessons that may look like a mistake, but it was a big lesson. Or you can share one, just one simple tip for people to deepen the Reiki practice. So today you get to choose. Okay. Um, I think that based on on this on the line of what we said, I go with an, with a teachable moment. Um, You're making me very happy. I love those <laughs> because I've done a lot of mistakes, and um, I, I've I think that there's a lot to learn from this particular mistake, or, or oops, I don't know if it's a mistake, to say uh, this oops um, in regards to what I've said earlier. Um, there was, on one of my trips to Japan, uh, following my research, actually on my first trip to Japan, I was visiting a, just so just so that I don't connect it perhaps with anyone or anything, I would say a certain temple, important temple in Japan with, 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 with important link to Reiki. And its and its uh, founders. And during this visit, um, I reached the place and I paid my respects and I I um, I walked around and eventually, besides you know, when I say pay my respects, I mean be a Reiki person there, right? Respect the place, you know. Go to the go, you know. Um, come as a as a Reiki person, which I did for for quite a while. But I also remembered that I am a scholar, or write writing my thesis, or wanting to write my thesis on Reiki. And I came all the way to Japan, and I'm in this place, right? Here's the temple, right? Here's the place. Um, I couldn't find anyone to talk to, like from the people of of the temple, like a priest or someone to talk to. And I wanted to ask some questions and I knew that I wasn't gonna go back there. I was there for for just a short span of time um, for that trip. And I decided after, you know, after making a few circles to go inside. I went in, I went inside the temple. I literally went there. I opened the, the door and started knocking on doors <laughs> to find someone to talk to. Again, I went all the way from, you know, oh, Japan and Israel are, you know, other sides of the world. 
in many different ways and it costs a lot of money to get there and and you know god knows when i'm going to be back in japan and so i started knocking on doors and eventually i found someone and i started my japanese wasn't so good back then but it was good enough to try and explain what i was trying to do and please help me out i'm trying to write about this and that uh eventually um the person i was talking to looked at me and said please go away now in i, I cannot stress enough how much in in japan it's not something that you, you don't go to a person and no 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 so strictly and severely get the hell out um, so i i was <laughs> but that was that's what they told me i was you know my what what i was doesn't matter but um it was it was a, it was very teaching later i was talking with my supervisor and she and, and and she explained to me that well first of all i scared the, the hell out of <laughs> it doesn't go like that and that's and that's a teaching thing so you know sometimes we think that if we knock on enough doors and 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 demanding the answers whether by taking another class or learning from this teacher or that special reiki special initiation uh special lineage this thing or that thing by paying enough money or by or by demanding enough that we will get the answers that we that we that we want that we deserve by the merit of the fact that we want it now or that we paid money or that we went all that way and sometimes these things take time sometimes they're not a product of of banging on doors as hard as you can it's a product of practice of patience and it actually answers both both the questions and also what i was speaking earlier about respect the respect to initiation and the initiations and to reiki and to different traditions eventually it is reiki and eventually it's in the practice in sitting and immersing ourselves like the like a tea bag into reiki and into the practice the way we know it okay there are many different ways to do it with lay on hands and with meditation and with repeating the precepts daily and with receiving initiations uh um on a regular basis and with being part of a community and with using mantras or symbols all sorts of practices but nothing no matter how much you bang or how much you go to more learning nothing replaces sitting and practicing and taking the time with it and this is where you get a lot of becoming reiki i think again you said something very important and i love that lesson and i yeah also i love that it came such literal way right the knocking on door like it has such a great image 
Thank you very much. First of all, I'm truly honored and I'm so thankful for this invitation and this wonderful time and this wonderful talk. And I encourage anyone who's listening to, to check out Reiki Home. Again, this is, this is volunteer work to spread the, um, the, the, the beauty and the information and, and the wonders of Reiki. And there are ways to contribute uh, scholarships for people around the world um, who are of less means to participate or are in uh, war-stricken uh, uh, places to help us, to help people from around the world join, to help us with translation and all of these things to, to broaden this light of Reiki and the information and the knowledge to keep on shining the light of Reiki. Thank so you and Liet, you and now you and I are now connected, so you won't escape. I'll probably follow interview next year. So be prepared and to be harassed and like give me more information. It's a pleasure. So thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com/blog. If you found this episode helpful. Please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci. 